0: As Pastor Phil comes, if any of your children are wanting to do something else, Megan Borner and Holly Ziga are at the back, and they could go with them now if they would like to go uh, do a children's lesson somewhere. Pastor Phil, something different. Junior high and senior high stay in, and children, you can head to the back and find Megan and Holly back there, and you guys can oh Jessica Jessica wave your hand sit there the wave in the hand that's who you're going to Jessica is going to get you to the right people
1: Just stay there. give you a chance to share you have a word of testimony or praise. Anybody? Maybe you have. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about love as we're talking about Advent, and uh, we talked about uh, kind of the definition of it. That love is patient, love is kind, and that's uh, several other characteristics. But we kind of challenged us to uh, to incorporate that into our into our Christmas tradition and and this busy season as Rod uh, shared with us very quickly though when the when the bible speaks about love it is not necessarily the kind of love that we that we that comes to our mind it is not it would include romantic love but it is not exclusively nor even primarily that when the bible speaks about love it is speaking about us loving our Christian brothers and sisters, and loving even the lost to uh, even the lost world. In fact, as I thought about it this morning, I even thought love probably and kindness and all that probably even extends to the creation. I thought, I wish I would have bought a ton of corn. I could have spread out in my field for those Canadian geese that have been uh, uh, scrounging around out there. So I I think it, it includes a wide gamut, much, much more than just, as I said, the romantic, the romantic love. And unfortunately, it, we just kind of pass over it. It becomes too familiar. In fact, I would say perhaps, uh, you know, love in this country and in our society and our culture is about a, a mile wide and an inch deep. A mile wide and an inch deep. I've tried to focus on the Spirit of Christmas in my own life and tried to share that with you through this advent season. And the Spirit just very simply put, you know many people are searching for the Spirit of Christmas, but the Spirit of Christmas has to be the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit. And evidence of the Holy Spirit in our life is that we have love and we have joy and peace and we and we share kindness. In fact, Jesus said, "I give you a new commandment, that you love, that you love one another." Have you seen love deeper this holiday season? Have you experienced it? Have you shown it? You know, when we hear all the stories of Christmas, it uh, they're so familiar with us that it's it's difficult to be challenged by the stories. Did you make room for anything new in your life this past year, this holiday season? Did you eliminate something so that you could serve, so you could love, so you could be more kind? Or did you witness it? Did you see a loving act around you? Did you see an act of particular act of kindness? Anybody have any testimony you'd like to share to what this Christmas season has meant to you, how it has been special, how it maybe has a little different meaning than maybe it ever has before, or how you perhaps want it to have a different meaning going forth. Right back there in the back, all the way back He's gonna make you exercise, Rod. Yeah, we probably all could use a little bit of it. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, Jim.
2: Kimmy and I had something so incredibly special happen to us. And I just... My little grandson is... He's not little anymore. He's 14. But he's my buddy. And we do everything together. He's had kind of a tumultuous life thus far on the planet. Uh, family life hasn't been the best for him. But he told his mother the other day that he wanted to change his name. And She said, good grief, what do you want to change your name for? He says, I just want to be in the family. And so we're having his request. I couldn't believe he did this. So We're going to have his name changed to Kingston Bias Cassad. And that is the best gift any person can give. And that was just so awesome. But I know I don't love him any more than you grandpas love your kids. Grandchildren are so special. And we're so blessed that we could be a part of their life in Christ,
1: and my little grandson certainly needs to hear Jesus. All right, thank you, Jim. That's Thanks. a tremendous honor and a tremendous gift.
0: Actually, actually, he wants to do it because Kingston always catches a bigger fish than him. Yeah, so he wants yeah. to make sure the Cassad name is attached yeah. to it.
1: Okay. Anyone else have a uh, quick testimony of how love was?
3: why I know his love every day. but This week has been a different week, and um, as many of you already know, Joe is in the hospital right now with recovering from influenza A, and uh, he fell Thursday morning in the shower, and uh, I guess I never thought, well, I should probably call the ambulance, but I started calling my brothers in the Lord to see could somebody help me, and, uh, I got hold of Bob Zillner and he put his shoes on and came right over. And uh, so he helped, uh, he and I got Joseph up and and situated and I called the doctor and she called the ambulance and and uh, they got him all evaluated and transported to St. Al's, Ontario, but they were full there at the end of the session in the ER, so they transported him to uh, St. Al's in Nampa but I'll tell you, knowing the love of my brother Bob at that point in time was just the biggest gift that I could have gotten. Uh, Amen. It's uh, and he's he's doing better. He's he's got a ways to go, but he's doing better. It's uh, first time in fifty-six years that we haven't had Christmas together. (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't think I'd do that. uh.
1: You stiff your sorries in his ass. (laughs) I know.
3: (laughs) 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 When I talked to him this morning, the the one thing he said was, please tell everybody at church, hi, from him.
1: All right. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, that's that's what the body, that's what the body is about. There is uh, somebody that wants to help. There's always somebody that wants to help. Okay, good. We've got one more song. Let's go ahead and do that. And hey, before
0: we'll... we do, I do want to say we were talking about this just the other night, Robin and I were, about something that happens in this church that is an expression of love. We have two gentlemen who come here for one reason, and they come here for breakfast. And if you don't think our important, those two guys would say And one of them is staying a little bit longer. He's asking questions, talking to our people, and he's finding out things that maybe he wouldn't have hadn't he uh, come in. But I saw an act of love on his part because the other guy that comes in, Nick, he had some bad times. And Howard went and made two breakfast plates and he took it to Nick. And so the love that you share with Howard howard is able to share with others that are close to him and and that that infection is what we want to have through this whole community and area because it's the love of christ that changes lives and each and every one of you are doing it when you're sitting down with howard and talking to him so thank you
1: rod did you announce anything about the planning zoning meeting I, I really want to I want to go ahead and say that because especially that song that talks about the lion and the lamb and and uh, you know we had to we had a planning and zoning meeting scheduled for the twenty seventh of December and then it got changed to the 20th of December and uh, we did not know about it. I actually did have a uh, I actually had some information regarding that, but uh, I was checking I was so focused on the be sure that the uh, address was correct I just assumed the date was and so
0: so we end up getting a call actually what happened is okay number 12 Jason doesn't like it when I yell <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's because he's still in the army and he's used to hearing people yell at him um, <laughs> the morning after they had planning and zoning, we had no idea. We were still planning on meeting them. And one of the guys uh, that live here in New Plymouth that is always at every city hall meeting or planning and zoning meeting happened to be there for that one. And they're like, well, where's the folks from New Plymouth? Because they knew we were going to be there. And uh, he came in to the church the other morning and told Kathy, well, why weren't you guys at planning and zoning? She's like, well, I didn't know they had a meeting. I thought it was this coming week. And he said, no, they had it the other night. And he said, I stood up and talked on behalf of the First Baptist Church, which he stands up and talks for anybody, so we'll take that with a grain of salt. But here's the amazing thing. So we went in that next day because I was really concerned about notifications and stuff because we wanted to be there. We wanted to tell them why. And when I talked to the people at City Hall, here's what they told me. They know what we're doing here, even though we weren't there to tell them. They know what we do within the community, even though we weren't there to tell them. God, again, went before us, and he removed any barriers that could show up. Because despite this individual getting up and speaking on our behalf, he told more of a history of that property over there than really speaking. But every single one of those people on planning and zoning knew what we were doing. And the fact that somebody from the city would even get up and attempt to speak on our behalf was amazing. So if you don't think God is moving us forward in this direction, there have been too many signs along our whole way that doesn't show that the Lord is moving before us. And we got a favorable. Planning and zoning give us a favorable On uh, the property so what happens now is we will be meeting planning and we will meeting City Hall for the final approval right now it's scheduled for the 17th of January and uh, again talking with the folks there they say you know we can't guarantee it's a done deal but this is about as much of a done deal as we've ever seen So he is working in the lives of those outside of this church as well as those inside. And uh, he knows what the purpose is of this property. And he thinks, uh, Phil and I had to talk about this a while back, about uh, Moses and the guys walking and going into the promised land and how some of them went in there when the scouts came back and they said, oh my goodness, they got giants in there. There's no way we can defeat them. But there was a couple that were faithful and said the Lord is goes before us and we can do it and so many of them didn't get to go into the promised land and through this whole ordeal that we've been able to do God has showed us our promised land here on this property and he has moved us in the direction and you have been faithful and I truly truly believe that the good Lord is going to bless us beyond anything we can imagine so thanks to each and every one of you Uh, Thanks for talking to the people in the community, and uh, just thank for all the prayers that have been going on, because it's definitely showing its fruition.
1: All right. Thank you very much. The Lord is the Lion. The Lord is the Lion. He is fighting our battles, and and there's a bunch more giants out there. And I'm looking forward to meeting them in uh, the coming year. Visiting with uh, many of you this morning, it sounds like your Christmas has gone about like ours. We've had at least two Christmases that we would call Christmases. Our family, uh, uh, all we were all together a week ago yesterday, and then, of course, we'll be together, as many of us are around and, and are well, and can brave the roads, we'll be together uh, again. And... Uh, throughout all of that. And, and those times together are not okay. The presents are, are fun and all the trappings are there. They are what they are. But I hope and I know for me I've tried to make it an extra time of reflect, reflection. Reflecting on Christ. On Christ. Reflecting on the cross and reflecting on what we spoke about earlier. Just this love and kindness and, and, and all of that. I think a lot of that is demonstrated in the exchanging of gifts, as well as the hospitality, the fellowship, the helping one another. Uh, last Sunday night, a group of uh, a group of us went out uh, caroling, and uh, I heard from several of the people that we where we went caroling how touched they were, and how that made such a an impact on their Christmas. So I hope you've had. I hope you've had many opportunities to experience and witness the Christmas spirit. And much like Rod shared in the in the communion devotion, I hope that you found the one thing that really is important. It was a hectic time. It was a hectic time in Bethlehem. All the descendants of David, who had put off the census until the last minute, flooded into town. It literally was like last-minute shopping at Walmart before Christmas. Mary and Joseph made the long trek, Mary being eight-plus months pregnant, riding on a donkey. It was probably took five to six days at least. And when they arrived, the town was all full up. There was no room in the inn, no place to spend the night. If they had a car, perhaps they could have slept in the car. Can't hardly spend the night on a donkey, though. It was too cold to stay outside, especially since Mary was very close to giving birth. Now, the guy I'm really focusing on today is the guy who did not get his name mentioned in the Bible. His position of being an innkeeper was not even mentioned. But there had to be somebody who was keeping the inn because we know it was full, We know it was full. We know they wound up finding their way around. That is one thing for the innkeeper, perhaps at least, is that he directed them to the stable, which I presume was behind the inn. Briefly this morning, Luke chapter 2, verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I wanted to almost do a live nativity this morning presenting all of the key players. The innkeeper and Mary and Joseph and Jesus and the angels and the shepherds and the wise men and, and Herod and Augustus and Quirinius and Anna and Simeon. But as I thought about it, my mind was especially drawn to the innkeeper. What struck me was the person who had a significant role, but we know so little or really nothing about. I think he is probably one person who missed Christmas that year and probably his entire life, the innkeeper. What do you think the innkeeper? I can't help. The question I had to ask was, if I was the innkeeper, and if I would have known that this woman in front of me who is pregnant, if she was carrying the child of God, if she was about to give birth to the Son of God, if he would have known that, do you think he would have made some room? Now, I'm not suggesting he kick anybody out of the room they had, but... Might he have given up his own bed? Might he have slept in the stable? Maybe. Unless he knows the Lord, unless somehow along the line he came to know the Lord, he's probably spending this very moment regretting his response to missing Christmas. No room. Almost shameful words describe more than the inn in Bethlehem, though. I'm afraid they apply to us today as well. With all of the busyness in our Christmas celebrations, unfortunately, oftentimes there is still no room for Jesus. Without even realizing it, many people miss Christmas just like most of the people in and around Bethlehem on that night that Jesus was born, unfortunately, I'm afraid most people miss Christmas every year. I know that sounds crazy being here in North America with, with everything and that goes with the holidays. They observe the season, they observe the culture, because it's the thing to do. But the masses are utterly oblivious to the reality of what they're celebrating what there is to celebrate. So much fantasy and myth have been imposed on the holiday that people are numb to the real miracle of Christ's birth, the Son of God being born to a virgin. The legitimate emotion of the holiday has given way to silly and insincere self-indulgence. There's a newspaper article a while back that was featuring a man-on-the-street interviews, where he interviewed people and asked them about what was the meaning of Christmas. Their views ranged from anger, which, you know, many people are angry about uh, about the memories that Christmas brings to them. Some were just irreverent. Some were sentimental, much like we see on television around us so much saying Christmas is a family time, a time for children, and so on. And it is to a certain extent. Others are seeing Christmas as a time to celebrate love for one's fellow man, the spirit of giving, that sort of thing. But not one of them touched on the miracle of God's birth as a human baby. What a mess, how difficult it is for us to get at the real meaning of Christmas. And we've compounded the holiday with so many traditions and so much hype and hysteria that we miss the simplicity of Christ's birth. It is ironic that of all the holidays, this one has become the most complex. Is it no wonder that so many people miss Christmas? Yet one thing hasn't changed since the time of Mary and Joseph. Nearly everyone missed that first Christmas. Like many people today, they're busy consumed with all kinds of things, some important and some not so important. But nearly everyone and everyone this year will miss Christ. The similarities between their world and ours are striking. Every one of those people has a counterpart in our modern society. And today, especially, I look at the innkeeper. Now, as I said, his, his position is not even mentioned in Scripture. But that night in Bethlehem, an innkeeper was confronted by a man and his pregnant wife. He turned them away, saying he had no room for them. And so he missed Christmas. Not only did he turn Mary and Joseph away, but he apparently did not even call for anyone to help Mary to give birth. I already read Luke 2, 7 for you. And it says, Mary gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes laid him in a manger because in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. That verse expresses the sense, a great sense of a lonely birth. Now, I saw this week an article about the celebration of the midwife who helped Mary. But in the scripture, and I'm sure there was one that probably came in after the birth, I'm sure there was probably one eventually there. But in the scripture, there's no mention of a midwife, no assistance to Mary at all. The Bible does not even mention that Joseph was present. Perhaps he was. But if he was, he was typical of probably all first-time fathers. He would have been of little help to Mary. She was basically on her own. Such a birth. This was not typical for that time. These were civilized people. They were not someone that would just send their woman out into, the, out into the wilderness, out in the forest alone to have a baby. They were intelligent, educated, and hospitable people who cared deeply about human life. It would be highly unusual for a young woman to give birth, to be turned away from an inn and left to give birth alone in a stable. Yet that's what happened. Mary brought forth the child. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and she laid him in a manger where usually a midwife would clean the baby and wrap him. There was no one. Mary did it herself. And where usually there would have been a cradle or a basket for the baby, there was none. Mary had to put him in a feeding trough. G. Campbell Morgan wrote, Think of the pathos of it she brought forth, she wrapped him in swaddling clothes. It is very beautiful, but oh, the pity of it, the tragedy of it, the loneliness of it, that in that hour of all hours, when womanhood should be surrounded by the tenderest care, she was alone. I think Joseph was probably trying to find a midwife. He was probably out trying to find a place more suitable, but it, all indications are is that she's the one that gave birth. She's the one that wrapped him in the cloth. She's the one that placed him in the manger. The method, G. Campbell Morgan goes on to say, the method of the writer is very distinct. She, with her own hands, wrapped the baby around with those swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. There was no one to do it for her. And again, he says, I say the pity of it and yet the glory of it to the heart Mary. Now, as I said, the innkeeper is not specifically mentioned. In fact, scripture is not clear what kind of inn Bethlehem had. The Greek word translated inn is kataluma. It can mean guest room, hostel, or simply a shelter. So the inn could have been anything from a full-fledged modern-day bed and breakfast, lodge, to a lean-to on somebody's property. It was built to house people and animals. Scripture gives no clue beyond the single mention of inn. In any case, whatever hospitality Joseph and Mary sought, it was unavailable to them. They were turned away. The innkeeper may have been the landowner whose property included an informer's shelter, or perhaps he was the host of a boarding house. Whatever the case, an innkeeper in Bethlehem missed that first Christmas. The Son of God might have been born on his property, but he turned away a young mother about to deliver a child, and so he missed Christmas. He missed it because he was preoccupied. In fact, this happens to us so often, when we are most successful, when things are going the best for us, we miss out on what the Lord would have us to to learn or how he we miss out on the blessing He would bring our, our way. His inn or his guest room or his shelter was full. It was census time in Bethlehem. The city was bulging with everyone whose ancestry went back to that little town. Bethlehem was the city of David. So every living descendant of David would have been there, along with every family whose roots were in Bethlehem. It was crowded. The innkeeper was busy. He made a lot of money. There was no indication that he was hostile or even unsympathetic. He was just busy exactly like millions of people today. Their lives are consumed with activity, not necessarily sinful, just things that keep us busy. At Christmas, people are especially busy shopping and banquets and parties and concerts and school activities and and other things all compete for our attention. And in the clutter of activity, many preoccupied people miss the Son of God Find Him today. Seek Him out. Make room for Him in your heart. Not only today. You know, I had two Christmases at least, many more. This year I'm hoping to have 365 days of Christmas. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus speaking speaking to the church at Laodicea. A church at the end of the age, in 3.20, Jesus said, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I will eat with him and he with me. Jesus is at your heart's door. If he's not in your heart, he is at your heart's door right now asking to come in. And just simply acknowledging him, opening the door and saying, Jesus, I want you to come in, changes the whole direction of one's life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the lesson of the innkeeper. I thank you for the lesson of of missing out, of missing out on what you have for us. Your word talks about the sphere of blessing and how we are encouraged to live within an area where you can bless us where you can bless us richly. Father, we know that you bless you bless all around the world. We know that you are a blessing to all. But father, we want all that you have for us. We want to know you as the lion, and as the lamb, the one who died for us, and the one who fights for us. Father, I thank you for this Advent season that comes to an end today. Father, I thank you for each one who is here this morning, who braved the ice and the slick roads. That's enough reason not to be here. For those who said is very important that, that I am in God's house with God's people, especially on this day that we mark as your birthday. Father, if there's some here today who, who perhaps have missed, have missed it, have missed you, Father, I ask that you would come into their lives even right now in a very real and powerful way. And Father, for each one of us. Help us to be very aware of these opportunities and these divine appointments that we might might recognize them as you present them to us constantly, every day, just like this man and woman standing before the innkeeper, not realizing that son of God is wanting to come in is waiting to come in father help us to be willing to open our hearts and say yes and not miss out on any more father we love you and we thank you in Jesus name Amen Merry Christmas and thank you for celebrating with us today and this year and maybe some of you who only make it once a year we'll see you next year at this time, and that's some of our friends. That's not that's that's some of our friends from California who are up here visiting annually, and other points.